What's going on, guys? Ryan here for episode number three of the Run Free podcast. This one's going to be called Let's Talk Nutrition. And so what has kind of organically happened is we're kind of just running through the our, our five fingers of the Run Free training uh, system. So, you know, we talked a little bit about the internal in episode number one, talking about it's not about what you're doing, it's about how you're doing it and, and, uh, and addressing what's going on in your heart, your mind, your spirit. Uh, and then in episode two, we talked all about rest and sleep and building rest into your training plan and um, and the, just the power of the growth that happens as we rest and reframing how we see and think about rest. And then in this episode, I wanted to talk about nutrition because I think the reason why we came up with these five fingers is they are in our mind like the it's it's the foundation of all training. You got to have all th- all five of these in alignment if you're going to maximize your potential in uh, in running or in any sport for that matter. Um, so, you know, we've talked about the first the first two, but the next one that I, I think is super important to talk about right from the get-go is nutrition. And this is an area that I've, I, I've learned a lot about. I've worked with nutritionists at Stanford when I was running professionally. My wife took a lot of nutrition classes at Stanford when she was going through school and um, have come a long ways, which I'm going to talk about here in a little bit. Uh, but before I kind of dive into kind of my evolution of nutrition and then eventually I want to close out with things tried and true principles of nutrition they've worked really well for me um but before I do that, I want to just launch into a little bit about what I'm up to in the in the category of nutrition. I thought it'd be fun um, on this podcast to include you guys in my life and what's going on and um, in my training or the training of my athletes or um, just give you guys a quick little update at the beginning of every episode where it's just me uh, chatting with you guys. So uh, for me in the category of nutrition, it's funny, Sarah always jokes with me. She's like, you know, you're always on a diet. You're never just eating normally, and uh, she's she's totally right. You know, I I do I love playing with my diet. I don't see it as like like a obsessive, although I can be very strict about it. But it's not like I don't see it as an unhealthy uh, manifestation of something deeper going on. It's just something that I legitimately just enjoy playing with because. I just see such dramatic results depending on on the nutrition um, that that I'm putting in my body. So it's just it's something I've I've tinkered with a lot throughout my career. But currently, kind of what I'm up to is uh, I was hovering about 186 pounds six weeks ago, and uh, and wanted to try and just kind of cycle things. I actually stopped seeing. Uh, a lot of growth in the strength category and that's what I was going after um, for a long time and so since I didn't see growth what I've learned is like you just got to change things up whenever you're not seeing growth like change something and so I'll change my training up or in this case I decided to change up my nutrition and uh and instead of giving my body more than it needs, give it less than it needs, lose some weight. And then what I found is then when I go back to eating more than I need, my body is able to super compensate and then I see results and growth again. So it's kind of a way for me to work through plateaus in my lifting. Um, But I think that principle can also be applied to um, just every area of life in running. Um, it, it's, and I did cycle my nutrition when I was running professionally, which I'll talk a little bit about, but, um, what I found is it's actually been really interesting recently with my nutrition because I've tried lots of different things when it comes to losing weight. Um, as you can imagine, as a professional marathon runner, I got quite good at, at losing weight. I'd always start my marathon buildups about 10 pounds heavier than I wanted to be. And I'd just, you know, over a period of six months, I'd get down to marathon weight. So it's a very slow and healthy process, but, um, uh, I I was constantly monitoring my weight, constantly um, trying to get down to to that number that worked for me. Um, So now what I've kind of been doing is – 
focusing on a high protein and then moderate fat and then zero carbs, which I I was super scared to even try because uh, I felt like I just lived off carbs. I definitely did as a professional runner, but even now, like when I'm in the weight room and I don't have carbs on board, I'm not very strong at all. Um, but I was super curious just to give it a try, see how I felt, and kind of some observations on on my experiment with no carbs um number one my strength has gone down way way down like i'm nowhere near where i was six weeks ago and i think like i said that'll pick back up when i add the carbs back in later on but i'm just interesting to to see that and see how um what i put into my body directly affects my strength and like right away and i think that's you know applicable for running too like sometimes like we think there might be something going on with our training our sleep something's not right and really like we just need some more carbohydrates in our diet or we just need to tweak our diet a certain way and all of a sudden you're like oh you know what i feel really good so that that's my first observation is loss of strength um but on the flip side on the good side uh have brought my weight down to 168 pounds like i said in six weeks so um lost almost 20 pounds and a lot of that is water weight so if you guys aren't familiar with this when you uh, cut out carbs from your diet you uh you're your muscles they hold glucose and that glucose holds water and so your muscles are literally bigger when your glucose loaded when your muscles are full of glucose so um, when you cut those carbs out your muscles get glucose depleted uh, sheds that excess water weight your muscles look smaller they are smaller and you hold less water and you weigh less so that's why people who go on ketogenic diets uh, usually lose a good five depending on your body size but a good five to 10 pounds just from the get-go. Um, so, you know, that certainly happened with me. Like I, I lost 10 pounds like within like a couple weeks or something, but I knew a lot of it was water weight. So uh, I'm definitely, you know, losing losing body fat um, and losing weight. And it, I'd say it is effective. And for me, it's been better than previous things that I've tried because I've tried carb cycling or just like reducing my calorie load or um, I tried intermittent fasting last spring. And in all of those cases, I couldn't do it for very long. Um, like it wasn't very sustainable. And a big reason for me was, you know, my goals are to get bigger and get stronger. And I just seeing my body kind of getting smaller and smaller, I didn't like the change that I was seeing. Um, whereas this time around, I've noticed like I am liking what I'm seeing, like, cause I'm not losing a bunch of muscle and kind of how my approach, how I've been able to do that. That is through uh, high protein, kind of moderate um, fat levels, and and like I said, no carbs except for on Sunday. You know, we talked about rest last week, and give myself a day of rest from my carb depletion. So every Sunday, I kind of reload, and I just eat how I'd normally eat when I was trying to get bigger and stronger. And uh, and so you know, quite a bit of carbs on those days. And you know, the there's science behind doing that. It can reset your leptin levels um, which is a hormone that controls um, how fast your metabolism is going so um, if you are on a calorie restricted diet and you're eating say whatever 1600 calories a day 2000 calories a day your body gets used to that and pretty soon in order to lose weight, you got to keep reducing that number lower and lower. Um, whereas if you take one day of the week, or even some people say just one meal of, have, of having a lot higher calories, it kind of resets your leptin levels, um, brings your metabolism back up. And then when you go back to that reduced calorie amount, then you'll notice that you keep shedding weight. So it's kind of like I said, it's a way of periodizing things and and having your body not get too used to what you're doing but anyways that's that's kind of what i'm up to right now um it will be changing you know like i'm not gonna stay in this this weight loss cycle a whole lot longer maybe another month or six weeks at the most and uh 
But, oh, I will say this, though. Uh, cutting my weight from 186 down to 168 has been amazing in terms of running. So I've also started just jogging more. So I'll do 30-minute runs with Sarah in the afternoon when she's doing her afternoon runs. Or uh, I even hopped on the track with her the other day. But it was amazing uh, to feel the difference. When you lose you know, 18, 16 pounds, you feel a lot better when you're running, or at least I do now. <laughs> so that's been kind of fun to kind of enjoy running more. And, um, yeah, and actually, actually going for some runs. Cause for the, it's kind of all winter long. I was not logging a whole lot of miles. I'd go like five or six weeks without going on one run. So now I'm running like three or four times a week, 30 minutes a pop and, um, you know, still hitting the weights hard. But anyways, that's that's what I'm currently up to. Now let's go back and look at my kind of nutritional path and how that's changed. So when I was in high school, um, you know, I just ate whatever my mom put in front of me. And this is, you know, I started running when I was 13. So right around the time I was entering high school and I just eat whatever I want. And I would stay like really small. Like you guys know how it is with kids. Like they can pretty much eat whatever they want and they're just, their metabolism's going a million miles a second. So um, they won't put on a bunch of extra weight. So that, that's, that was kind of my story through high school. And then fast forward to going to Stanford. And I remember... I think it was like spring of my freshman year. So I'd been in college for like six months or so. I remember Vin Lanana brought me into his office and I'm glad he had this conversation with me because it was, it was a total true observation that was affecting my running, but it also kind of like set me off on a little bit of, um, nutritional path that wasn't very healthy for a while um and so he 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 held up this picture of me when i was in high school and i was holding my arms up because i just won a race and then he showed me another picture of me when i was in college holding my arms up he's like do you notice any difference between these two pictures and i was like no not really (laughs) just like totally blind to it you know like i never even thought about like you know my own body weight i just eat whatever i wanted and you know i kept doing what i did in high school i just eat whatever was put in front of me only now i was going to a dorm and there's it's like a buffet every single meal so i remember i would go in there and i would get like a bowl of cereal for breakfast and some eggs maybe and then like a waffle just to like wash it all down like one of those big old like belgian waffles you know so (laughs) i was definitely uh eating a lot my freshman year and um, had put on a lot of weight without even knowing it and that's what van was trying to illustrate to me is like look like you put on a bunch of weight like we need to like just you know be smart here and and make these little tiny changes to your diet i don't want you going on any crazy drastic diets but of course like me being me i i went on like a peanut butter and jelly diet for a while where um every morning for breakfast lunch and dinner i just have one peanut butter and jelly sandwich and i lost like a ton of weight really quick and then i was running terrible so um that's that's one kind of side note uh anytime you lose weight fast it might initially help you but long term wise it's gonna hurt you so that's why like what worked well for me later on was you know losing 10 pounds over a period of six months rather than my peanut butter and jelly diet in college and losing 10 pounds in a week or two weeks but then being so weak that I was good for nothing I could barely even jog a warm up Um, so you definitely you know if weight loss is something that you're going after and you need to lean out a little bit just encourage you like make sure it's a really slow change um anytime you just drop a whole bunch of weight right away you're gonna your results are are your your strength is just gonna go way way down so that was me in college um started going on some crazy diets and stuff but eventually i did kind of um come out that and just i i it was good though because i started paying attention to my diet and what i was putting in my body um started eating a lot cleaner i remember in high school uh on the way down to running a two mile one time uh we stopped at in and out burger and i got like a double double like this was like two hours before I was going to race a two mile. So, um, I was not very dialed in with my nutrition at all in high school. Um, you know, my mom, she cooked, she cooked healthy, but I, I just ate whatever I felt like eating. So cinnamon rolls, whatever it was, I would just eat it. Um, 
and then in college, like I said, that started to change. And then professionally, um, and and going back actually uh, to like I talk about how I I would cycle my nutrition, and I guess I guess this would be in my in the professional during my professional days I'd start to do this, especially when I started doing marathon running. Um, so one thing is right at the offset when I first started my my training as a marathon runner, I remember Mark Plagies, I think Plagies, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Mark, my apologies if you're listening to this podcast. But anyways, he was the last uh US marathoner to win the world championships in the marathon. So amazing runner. And I was out at the US or no, the world 20k championships. It was 20k championships rather than half marathon championships back then and uh, i remember i was just starting training for marathons and i was talking to mark he's mark's an amazing guy but he was uh he was telling me all about the marathon and i remember this piece of advice he gave me and it was such good advice so especially i think for pro runners that are obviously this is kind of exclusively for people who are training super super hard but um what he told me is eat as much food as you possibly can (laughs) which you know like as a runner you hear that and you get a little scared you're like dude i'm gonna weigh like 200 pounds in six months because runners like we have appetites right like we're hungry we can eat or at least i can but i always remembered that and i remember being at some meals you know when i was around my pro team at mammoth track club and you're kind of watching like how much everyone else is eating versus how much you're eating and it's easy to get really self conscious about that and you get to the point where you're like am i am i hungry or or do i just want to eat because it sounds good um and and sometimes you're kind of on the fence you know you're like do i get more do i not i could go either way kind of well mark's words would often come back in my head in those moments be like you know what let me just let me just eat a little bit more food here i'm obviously like still kind of hungry and that worked super well for me Uh, i had really good results when i was eating you know maybe not as much as i possibly could but pretty close to it like i was full all the time because i was eating super clean food you know like kind of staples um throughout my pro running career was uh, sweet potatoes and salmon uh tons of oatmeal uh you know our chocolate muscle milk teff pancakes which side note if you want to get the recipe of that those are amazing they taste like brownies but they're super healthy and, and good sarah still has them every single morning i make them for before she goes out the door for her run Um, but if you just as uh, my daughter jasmine says search it up on the internet you can find that recipe just google it um anyways those were kind of staples um in my diet uh as a pro runner and then uh let's see what else do i want to say about pro running Oh, so I think I was going to talk about how I cycled my nutrition. So I'm eating super clean, but eating a lot of food, right? And and I'm going to get later, later on, I'm going to get into exactly what that looked like and go a little bit deeper into that. But I was eating as much as I could, um, eating super clean and losing, yet still like losing weight because I was eating so clean. And uh, what would happen is I'd eventually, you know, drop down to weight, uh, race weight, which for me, like I said, it was 137 pounds. But side note, that's different for everyone. Like you got to find what weight you're the strongest at. And for me, I played with that number a lot. Um, if, I was, if I was bigger than 137, I was typically not quite as fast as I could be. But when I got below 137, I noticed like a drastic um, change in my results. And it wasn't like I tried going under at one time and it didn't work. It was like I probably tried half a dozen, maybe even more times where I'd go under 137. And every single time, I would run really poorly. So, you know, looking back at it now, it's like crystal clear it's like man i should have just never tried that but yeah you again it kind of goes back to nutrition like you kind of don't know until you try but what i'd encourage you is like find your sweet spot and yeah you might have to cross over it and go a little bit lower than than you should to find that um but don't keep crossing over it like more than like two or three times like after you've crossed over what what you think is your your right race weight and it's not working doesn't work three times in a row i would 
then be like, nope, I'm never like allowing myself to go below this number again because this is the number where I'm the strongest at. Cause, you know, I like I said, I got down to 127, but I looked at pictures of myself back when I was 127 versus uh, the 137 pound version of myself when I was setting the American record in the half marathon or running 204 in Boston. And in both those pictures, the 59 minute and 204, I looked strong. Like I, I definitely had a lot more muscle than when I ran at 127 pounds or when I ran Boston in 2014 and I was a lot lighter then as well. I think it was like 133 pounds, somewhere right in there and just looked pretty different, you know, like just not very strong. And so that's something to be really aware of. It's like not about just getting as small as humanly possible. It's about being, yes, light, but also being really, really strong at your weight. Um, Because as we know, MVO2 max um, is a measure of both your power output and uh, your weight. And so you want to find that sweet spot where your weight's coming down, but your power is still high. And so that only happens. You can only find that number through self-experimentation. So I think it is a really healthy thing for runners to track that, find where that sweet spot is for you, and then just peg it right there. Um, but like I said, I would, I would cycle. So then, you know, I'd go from eating super clean, super healthy through, through my marathon buildups. And then the two weeks after my marathon, it would just be like the gloves were off. It was like eating competition. (laughs) I would just go ham on like everything. And I, I do not recommend this. I don't think this was a healthy way for me to approach my nutrition because I felt like I was just kind of out of control and there was an emotional element going on and um and I'd put on like 10 pounds in two weeks and I'd just be hitting like every donut shop I walked past every McDonald's I drove past like whatever I wanted and I'd feel so terrible at the end of that two weeks so I would not that's not my advice to you (laughs) if you're listening to this podcast that is not If I could go back and do it all over again, I would not do that. Um, Would I put on weight? Yes. But would I do it with healthier food selections? Most certainly. Um, I would still like go from, I would take those two weeks breaks where I wasn't running at all and I'd still try and put on a good amount of weight up to, I'd still put on like probably the same amount of weight, 10 pounds, but I, I would just do it in a healthy manner with good quality foods. And yes, I think that is a time period where you can be more balanced, but I went from being like really, really healthy to being extremely unhealthy. I think a better place for me to be would have been like still like staying pretty healthy, but you know, have maybe having dessert every night. Like there's nothing wrong with that when you're trying to put on some weight. Um, so that's, if I go back and do it all over again, that's what I do different when it comes to nutrition. So now let's kind of talk about that. Let's talk about the things, the principles that I've found that have worked, re- that have worked really well for me. So observation, you know, when I'm training in Africa, I'm training, I've trained in Kenya, I've trained in Ethiopia, I've been around um, the African athletes a lot who are still dominating our sport. They're still by far um, the best distance runners in the world. And what I've noticed is their protein intake is fairly low. Um, their fat intake is yeah, fairly low too. Like they're not afraid of fat, like maybe a little bit higher than their protein. But if I had to guesstimate, I would say that their diet is more like... 60% carbohydrate, 20% fat, 20% protein. So take that for what it's worth. That's just what I've seen and noticed. And it's really interesting. You know, you go to like Boston Marathon and we all kind of eat together and you look at the Africans' plates and it's just like pile. It's like, it's like rice with like pasta on top of that and then like bread on the side and like maybe a little bit of meat on the side. But they definitely hit their carbs pretty hard. And that's what I found worked for me. I remember when I was running professionally, I tried um, getting fat adapted, you know, go, going ketogenic. And it makes a lot of sense scientifically in a lot of ways for endurance events. But what I found is that, yes, I, I, in the ketogenic diet, I could go a long time. 
I, I didn't have a high appetite. And even like now with not taking carbohydrates in my diet, like I noticed like a mental clarity, like that's something I've experienced for sure. But what I've noticed and same thing is now is my power output is not very good on a low carb diet. So that's why in generally speaking, I don't, I do not recommend a low carb diet. So that's just my take on that. But like I said, it's something where play with it, like try it out. Like I tried the keto thing and I found that my workout quality just went way, way down. And so it didn't work for me. So for you, you know, you can get if that's what you want to try and that's what you're into and also too like if you're doing ultra stuff and your intensity level is fairly low then i think a ketogenic diet could work great for that it kind of goes back to like what are your goals do you want to be doing um, a very high energy high output um high performance uh activity or do you want to just be able to go for days and days and days because um you know they talk about it being two different it's like burning coal in the fire versus burning wood in a fire like the wood burns hot and the coal burns slow and long so it's like what are you looking for and for me i was always in even the marathon the intensity level that we're running at the marathon distance um you know my heart rate would generally be about 160 to 165 the entire time at that intensity level like i don't know any runners in the world that are on a low carb diet when they're trying to operate at that kind of intensity level so that's you know, if, if you had to pin me down and you're like, well, what, what would be your breakdown of macros that you recommend for runners? I would, I would go with that. I would go with 60% carb, 20% fat, 20% protein. And of course, all of those being quality, um, calories. So one thing that's really important now that I want to talk about is protein intake. And this is something I've learned a lot about, um, Sorry, I'm just reading my notes here. What the? Okay. Uh, yeah. So anyways, back to protein. What I've learned is uh, that that's something that we need to be taking in all the time. So you're, when we look at the macros, carbohydrates, your body stores carbohydrates um, in your as glucose in your liver and in your muscles. So you have a storage, you know, for your body to call on of that. Uh, it stores fat in the form of fat in your body it does not store protein um so that's just something that you got to be taking in all the time so that was something i did throughout my pro running careers every three hours i was having a snack and that snack always was mainly carbohydrate with a little bit of protein and a little bit of fat and so what that would typically break down and look like for me personally was like like oatmeal with a scoop of muscle milk in there and maybe if the muscle milk didn't have any fat which it does but um if it didn't then i'd add a little bit of like peanut butter or soy i'm not soy uh, um i was gonna say soy nut butter it was that for a while but i'm kind of kind of on the fence with soy i'm not sure i'm not gonna get into that but um sunflower seed butter whatever you know a healthy fat source to that and so is like I said, mainly carb, a little bit of protein. And what I was trying to get in was about 20 grams of protein every three hours versus the 50 grams of protein I'm now trying to get in every three hours. But it's interesting to me how like whether you're weightlifting or running, um, my nutrition, the pattern of my nutrition looks pretty much the same where I'm eating six times a day. And then, so I, I, that has worked really well for me, by the way. I find that my blood sugar is just kind of even throughout the day when I do that. My energy feels good throughout the day. So uh, that's just something that I've kind of found that worked for me. Um, and maybe it doesn't work for you. It depends on your lifestyle and your job and kids. Like I get it. Like some people it's inconvenient, but I just, I just plan ahead and I'm always make sure, Hey, if I'm be away from the house for nine hours, like I better bring a couple snacks and then stop for a meal along the way. Um, just takes, takes some planning, but that's what, that's what's worked for me. Um, when I was running professionally, what I would, I would definitely advise people like eat lots of small meals throughout the day. It just kind of like logically makes sense, right? It's like your body can only take in so much at one time and then 
the rest is going to kind of spill over to fat. So like eating these huge, large, large meals. And I understand people do that with intermittent fasting where they don't eat for a long time, then they eat gigantic meals and that works for them. So if that's you, that's totally fine. Like try it out. Um, for me though, what has worked really well is eating six times a day. And then I'm never like too far from a meal, you know? So if I'm like feeling a little hungry and be like, well, like I'm going to eat in like another hour or two hours or whatever it might be. And so it's just a nice way for me to kind of break up this intake of food. But I constantly want to be giving my body the building blocks it needs through nutrition to grow and get stronger and adapt to the training that I'm putting in. That's something, you know, kind of side note with weightlifting that I've noticed is a lot of, you know, runners, they'll get into weights after, especially guys, they get into weights after they stop running because they want to like put on a little bit of muscle, but then they eat the same as when they're running. And what I've learned is your body does not make something out of nothing. It cannot build muscle off of air that you're breathing in, like you got to give it the calories it needs to get stronger. It's the same thing with running. It's like if you're doing all the best training in the world and you're putting yourself out there and going super hard and you got your training all dialed in, but you're not giving yourself the nutrients it needs to accomplish what it wants to accomplish and where you want to go, it's not going to get there. So that's why nutrition is so, so important that we talk about it now and that we dial it in now so that all your training from here on out can just you know skyrocket because you have your nutrition dialed in. So give your body what it needs um, to grow and to get stronger. Uh, one thing that I learned, moving on to kind of the next principle that I learned, and I, oh yeah, by the way, so I'd eat six meals a day when I was running pro professionally, and then I'd wake up in the middle of the night, and I would be like hungry, or I couldn't sleep, so oftentimes I would just get up and like have a bowl, like a, a mug full of cereal, and put some muscle milk in there, and maybe like a, like I said, a spoonful of, of, of uh, nut butter of some sort. And that would, every time I did that, I'd just go like right back to sleep right away. And I think that's actually kind of a hidden gym for runners. I think eating in the middle of the night is a really good idea, especially if you're training really hard and especially if you're waking up hungry at all or having a hard time with sleep. I think, uh, you know, taking in some carbohydrates and, uh, and protein, it's like your body's it's repairing itself the most during this time of sleeping, yet we're not taking in any calories typically. So even if that just means like before you go to bed, like putting in a, some type of healthy snack right by, you know, it could just be a nut butter sandwich if you just want something simple. Put it like right next to your bed and wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. Um, consider eating that and see what happens because um, it should improve your sleep quality and it should like I said give your body the building blocks it needs to grow and get stronger so moving on to the next principle is something I learned from our nutritionist at Stanford that I worked with and I say our nutritionist because Sarah um, took some classes with him while she was at Stanford and learned a ton from him so a lot of, of, a lot of stuff that I've learned comes from him um, and one thing that he would do, his name is Clyde Wilson, if you want to check him out, by the way. I think he's still teaching at Stanford. Great guy. So what he got us onto is taking in vegetables to slow down the absorption of carbohydrates. So anytime that I was going to have a, a big helping of carbohydrates, which like I said, was like kind of six times a day, he would have me take in vegetables. So just eat like high fiber veggies right before I'd eat those uh, carbohydrates to try and slow down how fast those carbohydrates go into my system. Because as you guys probably know, like the faster it goes in your system, the more likelihood that it's going to turn into fat. And we don't want that. We want like a, a something that's going to burn like as long and hot as possible, you know? Um, so oftentimes, yeah, like I'd always be taking in um, vegetables right before carbs. But one thing on that is there, the exception to that rule for me was right after I'd work out or run, I would not take in veggies prior. And you know, another exception too was in the in my breakfast i'm like dude this is just weird to be eating like a handful of snap peas right before i eat this chocolate pancake in the morning <laughs> um and plus like it just felt like it was you you want to 
to some extent avoid fiber before your primary run of the day because it's gonna it's gonna cause the digestion of food to be slower which is a good thing gives you longer burning injury i mean injury energy but the problem is it causes upset stomach having to go to the bathroom like kind of all those problems that we don't want so i would i would avoid the veggies uh before breakfast which you're probably like oh that's good because i don't feel like eating a handful of broccoli in the morning and then also right after you run and this is going to kind of skip ahead now to one of the things that i want to talk about was uh what i found works well for me is c and w post-workout so c candy and w whey and if you can't do whey protein whatever kind of protein source you want to take in but something that's going to hit your system quickly so that could be greek yogurt cottage cheese um whey protein uh, but not things like red meat salmon uh, things with lots of fat so post-workout you want to basically replace the glucose that you've just lost from from depleting yourself in your workout you want to replace those as soon as possible so there's you know in theory this magical window this 30 minute window and and i always did this throughout my career where it's actually a good thing to take in simple carbohydrates no fat because the fat will slow down the absorption we don't want that we want this to go straight into your muscles so we want low fat and then a protein source and so i'd go for like 20 grams of whey protein and then like 300 calories of candy like literally if you go and i still do this to this day like if you I'm in my gym recording this right now, my home gym, which is in my garage. But there's just like, I have this whole like setup of candy, like all these different like gummy worms and jelly beans and stuff. And I never eat sugar except for right after I work out. So um, that would be the exception. Um, those those two times when you don't want to take veggies before but other than that i think it is a really healthy thing to eat veggies right before you're going to take in a, a large source of carbohydrate um another thing i learned from clyde that he'd have us always do is 20 ounces of water first thing when you wake up and you know hydration is obviously a huge part of nutrition and you want to kick off your hydration as soon as you get up in the morning so that's something i've continued to do even after retiring professionally where um, every single morning i get up first thing i do is 20 ounces of water and i remember this one morning recently i i i don't know why i didn't take in my water but i just went like straight to coffee and i had the meanest headache after i did that for like like four hours and uh and i, I realized i was like oh yeah i forgot to drink my water this morning and i'm pretty sure it's just because i was dehydrated then i put coffee into my system which further dehydrated me and just gave me this crazy gnarly headache so i'd really encourage you guys like stay on top of your your, uh, your water intake your hydration and, and start out every day with 20 ounces of water and then you should just be sipping on water kind of throughout the day um, i drank a ton of water when i was running professionally and still actually drink a ton of water um and then I already kind of talked about, you know, my big staples kind of being salmon, sweet potatoes, oatmeal. Um, I, one thing that I do like, if you're looking for a simple carbohydrate um, that is, will also give you lasting energy, um, things that are low glycemic in nature, uh, uh, sourdough bread is a really good source. So I would have a ton of nut butter sandwiches on sourdough bread. Uh, another good one that I would have before I would race was uh, Cytocarb, which is basically it's Cytomax. Um, they came up with this maltodextrin powder. So you could just like use a maltodextrin powder. I, I think they still make uh, Cytocarb. You'd have to check out the Muscle Milk website. Um, but I would have that before all of my races, before all my marathons, just Cytocarb, like three to 400 calories of carbohydrate from that maltodextrin and then i would have uh 
a whey protein with that and then like 20 grams of protein and then about 100 calories of a healthy fat whether it's olive oil or um, nut butter and typically I just do nut butter so that was kind of my pre-race meal there and that always sat really well in my stomach it's a little bit easier to digest especially because it's in shake form and uh, and yet I felt like it gave me kind of sustained energy so that's something you can play with in your training don't just bust that out before your next race without ever trying it um, I'll obviously try everything in practice before you ever try it in a race but that is something that you could play with if you're looking for things that digest slowly but are kind of simple and sit sit easy on your on your stomach all right so moving down the list uh foods that i avoided when i was running professionally and even now um i already talked about sugar the only time i have sugar is right after right after i run um fried foods i stay away from just not a healthy uh, source of fat there and then i try to limit the amount of packaged foods that i take um and i'll talk about why i do that in the conclusion because that is the conclusion. Uh, another important thing when it comes to nutrition is eating prior to running. Let's let's talk about this a little bit. And again, this is something where you're just going to have to play with it. But I would encourage you to play with it for quite a long time. And I'm talking to people in particular who have a hard time eating prior to running. So first off, depends when you train, right? So if you wake up at 5 a.m. and then you're running by 5.30, eating before that's not going to be a good idea. Like you want to give yourself at least a little bit of digestion time. Ideally, um, you know, we say three hours before race starts or three hours before workout starts to give it plenty of time to get digested. Um, but if that's you, if you got to wake up at five and you're training by five 30, I would suggest eating a big snack late at night before you go to bed. And then you should wake up not feeling hungry at all. And then be able to roll out of bed, drink your coffee and, uh, get out the door and get running and have that feel light and good in your system. Um, but for you guys who aren't doing that, where maybe if you're running a little bit later in the morning or in the afternoon, I would definitely encourage you to play around with eating prior to your running. And I already kind of mentioned what I take before I um, would race with that shake. Um, but before workouts, we'd always work out in the morning uh, when I was running professionally. So we'd always have those the the pancakes, the chocolate teff muscle milk pancakes um, that we love so much. But I would, for for you guys, if you struggle with that, if you struggle with eating before running, just realize this is something that you can actually train your body to do. So I would expect, if you've never tried eating within three hours of running, that as you try it, it's probably not going to feel great for a while. But something that you should just start like really small and then just gradually add calories, add calories. And like I said, try and keep those those foods simple foods, um, not super high fat, um, not super high fiber, like pretty low fiber. So that's where like, I don't know about you guys, but oatmeal before running has never been good for me. I love oatmeal, but I don't eat it like after I'm running or maybe before I'd go to bed for a snack, um, different times throughout the day. If I ate it before I ran, I always got just like wicked acid reflex and like bad things happening in my stomach. And that could have been because of the fiber content of the oats, um, which is substantial with oatmeal. So yeah, just play around with, with your eating prior to your running and realize it could take a good couple months to get your system used to eating and then running. But I think that you'll find that your energy levels are much better. You're able to get more out of your workouts if you can get something in prior to your running. And if if you've tried for a couple months and it's still not working, then I would I would consider you know trying out my shake recipe, um, order some maltodextrin or some cytocarb from Muscle Milk, and then add some some uh, whey protein or protein of your choice to that, and try drinking your calories. You know the, that's a simple way to get in calories, and usually that sits pretty well on people's stomach. Um, all right. So we're getting to the end here. Uh, last couple. So this is a big one for me. And you know, the name of this podcast, the name of our training system is run free. And for me, 
when it comes to nutrition in this area, I would get bound up all the time. Like I would be like following rules, right? And like, like I can only eat this many calories of carbohydrate per sitting and this a per sitting um, or in this amount of protein per sitting like I would get very very regimented and unflexible in my nutrition and whenever I did that I got into trouble so quick example on that I remember when I was running professionally and we made some salmon one night right like we baked some salmon we're gonna have salmon for dinner tonight so good I love salmon but anyways uh, I remember looking at this big gorgeous filet of salmon and i was like man i just want to eat this whole thing right now i was like a two pound filet you know i was just craving protein like like crazy but i've been working with you know clyde at stanford and he has like i said great stuff i have nothing bad to say about his program but it became bad for me in a way because i became so legalistic about it and so instead of like listening to this insane craving that i had in my body for this salmon and letting myself eat more than my scheduled three ounces per sitting i i instead of listening to my body i chose to listen to my mind and to science and be like no i'm only taking in three ounces i don't care how hungry you are and how much you want that big old piece of salmon like I'm going to do what science says is right. And so like there's a lot of nutritionists who say that you can only take in about 20 grams of protein in one sitting and you pee out the rest. And I personally have not experienced that to be true. Um, and in this case, like with being this dialed in, this inflexible, this not listening to my body um, never worked for me. Every time I got like this, every time I got really rigid, I usually ended up getting really, really fatigued and had to you know cut my season short or drop out of a marathon or it it never worked well for me so this is huge if I could emphasize just a couple things this would be gigantic like let's free ourselves from being legalistic when it comes to nutrition when it comes to training with everything like let's listen to our body and I want to get Sarah on here to talk about this because she is really really good at this which is why she's 36 and still running her best races ever and why I'm 36 and had to retire three years ago with extreme fatigue because I was very rigid and I it was something I was working on and trying to cultivate being flexible and bending and listening to my body but it, I wasn't as nearly as good as Sarah is. And that's just a quick example of like, listen to your body. Cause later on, so, you know, fast forward going from the salmon and not eating more than three ounces in a sitting. A couple of years after that, I was training for the 2011 Boston Marathon and I started working with a sports doctor and he was looking at some of my blood results. And he's like, you know what? I think your protein's low. And he's like, all right, this is what I want you to do. I want you to get a 12 ounce steak and I want you to eat that three times a week for the next like three weeks or something. And I was in heaven. I just craved those meals. I was so looking forward to those dinners big old 12 ounce steak and I put down the whole thing and just like I could feel my body being like thank you like like I needed that you know so you know going from only eating three ounces of salmon to eating these 12 ounce steaks three times a week for three weeks and the results I forget exactly what the results were off the three ounce salmon but I think it was not very good compared to then you know 2011 Boston Marathon kind of a magical day unfolded with having the wind at our back and the conditions just right, but also feeling really, really good, feeling really, really strong. And, uh, and my body was, was fueled up well. And I had, and I was listening to my doctor, but my doctor was looking at my blood results, which were telling him like, Hey, his body's craving this and he's not giving himself enough of it. So I'm going to have him take in plenty of protein. And off of that, I just felt amazing. My training clicked better and better and better um, as I started to eat more and more protein. So all that to say, listen to the cravings of your body. Um, even if, and I ask this question with my athletes when I, I'm bringing them in to, to work with them and coach them, I always ask them like, what kind of foods are you craving? Cause we need to pay attention to that. And I think, yes, like you do need to give your body healthy options. So like if, if you're just like, 
staring at gummy worms at nighttime before you go to bed and you're like man my body's just craving some sugar you know like i I would say don't necessarily give it the sugar but maybe it needs carbohydrate and so give it give it a healthy carbohydrate in place of of that sugar you know but listen to the cravings of your body your body's trying it's screaming at you screaming it was screaming at me um what it was craving what it was needing and yet i was so married to the science and to the plan that I missed it. So don't miss it. Listen to your body. Um, and that kind of leads into my my last point, which is, you know, self-experimentation. Um, that really is, you know, nutrition, I don't think it's it's something where it's a one-size-fits-all. You know, all runners should be doing exactly the same thing. I think we should operate by the principles that I've kind of talked about. And I think it's just something that you got to play with. But you got to become self-aware of how certain foods make you feel. And so a really great way to do that is just do a nutritional like overhaul on your day so write down for just like two or three days maybe write down everything you eat and under that write down like okay this is how this food made me feel for the next three or four hours like did you feel like super tired like you just needed to take a nap did you feel mental clarity or did do you have mental fog um did your workout go super well did it not go well like like make the connection between what you're putting into your body and what you're getting that's coming out of your body. So in conclusion, uh, self-experiment and then kind of what I like to tell everyone when I talk about nutrition is let's just like make this really simple. Like just eat as close to how God made things as possible And if you do that, if you're listening to the cravings of your body and you're playing around with different um, nutrition protocols and and you're eating as close to how God made it as possible, I think you're going to be really happy with the results that you get. And then just, you know, as our mindset looks at nutrition, like let's not see nutrition as an area or food as our enemy. You know, something that's going to make us bigger and slow us down. It's actually like what's going to fuel us. It's the building blocks that we need to train at a high level and to see optimal results from our training. All right, guys. Well, that's all I got on nutrition for now. This is something that, you know, obviously we'll go into again um, and go into deeper over at Run Free Training. But it was important for me to talk about it at, at the outset so that people could get their nutrition dialed in. So thanks for listening, guys. Uh, it's been been a pleasure, and I look forward to chatting with you guys next time when uh, we're going to kind of keep moving down the list and talk about the 1% next time. So all those little things that we do that make a big difference, everything from strength training, recovery modalities, um, all those things. All right, guys. Happy training.